0: My daddy's gone on, my grandpa's gone on, my great-grandpa's gone on,
1: but you still live. You know, the, the is still here. Oh,
2: they tell me of a home, where those
3: Hello and welcome, everybody. You're listening to It Still Lives, the Foxfire podcast, where we take you on a journey through Southern Appalachian history, one story at a time. Welcome back. This is season three. Hard to believe we're already starting our third year of this podcast. So I just want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to our podcast, to support our program. Um, and to share in all of the wonderful things that make up Foxfire. So I'm pretty excited for this season. We've got some great stuff lined up for you. And to kick it off in honor of February, we're going to be focusing on courtship practices from the early 1900s. So I thought I would bring on a special guest host today. Welcome. You want to introduce yourself? My name is Ryan Nicholson. And Ryan just happens to be my husband, so... <laughs> I thought he might be a good person to help me bring you these interviews. I'm sure I have some sort of point of that
4: might
3: be actually worthwhile. Okay. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Ryan is joining me here at Foxfire today. We're currently sitting in our archive, which serves as a, you know, pretty decent podcast studio. And we've got some lovely winter weather going on out there. So if you hear the wind howling, just ignore it. It's yeah. it's not a ghost. I promise. Yeah. So in honor of Valentine's Day, we're sharing some just absolutely darling little love stories with you. But we're also just covering some of the basics of what dating looks like before Tinder and Bumble and Facebook and Instagram and whatever else the kids are using these days. And even even really
4: like dating within a city. Yeah,
3: absolutely. You know, I
4: mean, like even just like running down to your local like ice cream shop or the library or any sort of social it was more
3: common when it was in the city. Yeah. You, know, you had a great chance
4: to meet people. But back then these stories of recording, I mean, it was your community.
3: Yeah, but I almost feel like it was easier for people to meet people. Or maybe maybe they were just more people their age in their communities. I don't know. I feel like whenever I talk to a lot of my single friends who are trying to date, they're always like there's no way to meet people. You know, there's really not like good community centers for people to go. Uh, Maybe this is, you're giving me a weird look. Maybe it's different for guys. Maybe guys get to meet a lot. But all of my girlfriends, they're always like, there's nowhere to meet people. There's just not like community events that a lot of adults go to. I mean, think about it. We say the same thing about making friends. Yeah, it's true. It's just hard to meet people our age these days, which is strange considering all the ways we can connect virtually. But I will say that I don't think it's really
4: more difficult to meet some of these things, it's more difficult to stick with one person, which sounds awful.
3: I don't know, how long did it take you to meet me? It took me years.
4: (laughs) It took me years to meet you. But ultimately,
3: it's
4: like, I think we we can meet anybody as long as we have the confidence to go out and just be like, hey, you know, I'm this person, how would you like to go to the movie, get coffee, whatever it is, but it's hard these days because there's so many choices, you have Tinder,
3: you have, both. Uh, you have opportunities. I have to disagree because that never really happened to me. But I think this is a great example of how you are the extrovert in our relationship. Yeah, well, you are just like ooze charisma, saying all that. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's, about, you know, it's I'm like, no, I'm gonna stay inside. <laughs>
4: it is about no choices, and um, you know, in a in a wonderful book called Modern Romance, sees I'm sorry. <laughs> which I know you're laughing at. He wrote an excellent book, and it was about modern dating. And he talks about Tinder. He talks about Bumble. And one of the studies in there that he actually references is something along the lines of a scientist, you know, putting out jams or jellies, and you know, putting out a large number—oh, yeah, of them, and people would come by and they look, and they ultimately would walk off, and sales are very low. And then they took the choices down from that number too, I believe three or Mm -hmm.
3: five. I think it was three.
4: It was down to three, and then all of a sudden sales skyrocketed, and people chose more because there were less options, and when people have a lot of options, or at least they think they do, and in the world of dating, you you are less likely to choose and commit with somebody, and so that's one thing I found interesting about these stories. Once they started going with one of these people, and they started dating According, they kind of just ended up together.
3: I think regardless if it's a big pool or a small pool, like you still have to have that chemistry, you know? So I think it's really about finding the right person you have chemistry with. I I do think that maybe, no, I definitely think that people now have commitment problems because of some of those choices and because of this like technology and social media forward life that we live. I do think that undermines commitment But I think that undermines commitment in a lot of areas, you know, because you just never know what other options are going to come your way. And I think that I think that does hinder some people. And I think that I don't know if it'll necessarily come out in all the interviews we've selected, but certainly in other stories from the folks that we're listening to today, there's definitely a strong message of knowing early on that they wanted to get married, that they wanted to stay in their community, that they wanted to raise families. Like that was, that was their next step. And they, you know, some of them got married really young at like 16. Some of them didn't get married till they were in their twenties, late twenties. Um, But for them, a lot of it was just like, you know, you grew up and you got married and you started your own family. And You know, I I know there's a lot of discussions and like relationship analysis and um, psychologists who study relationships and things like that, that that what we need out of another person as a partner is changed. You know, again, in, in the 19th and early 20th centuries, you know, a husband or a wife was a work partner and a life partner partner in the sense that you are building something together and you rely your survival relies on that other person and being able to own and work land together you know whereas nowadays we put a lot of expectations on our partner because not only do they have to be our support network and our family and a romantic partner but they have to be our best friend which you know may seem like, well duh, Cammy, obviously you want to marry your best friend, but that's not how things used to be. You know, I mean maybe it became your best friend, but you didn't go out and seek a person that you, you know, solely wanted to be your best friend. I mean, I'm really fortunate because obviously we're best friends. (laughs) But, you know, it does it does make it harder to find somebody. And then there are people who you are best friends with, but you're not romantically interested in them. So to like find somebody who ticks all the boxes, I think is really difficult, partially because of the high expectations we have. And no, no, it is not Disney's fault.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: Disney? Everybody says, oh, I have unrealistic expectations for love because of Disney. Oh. Because of all the princess stories. And no, that is not true. Maybe. Maybe for some people it is, but I can speak for myself and for most people that I know that what we look for in a partner is not because of Disney. Our high expectations are not Disney's fault. It is okay to have high expectations. Yes, it is. It's okay.
4: I think you, what you bring up is really interesting because you're talking about like checking all the boxes. Back then, obviously, what you're talking about is that we had like they had like a few boxes to tick, and now... We fully commit to a relationship and to pursue because things as you know you've said before people like to go about how they're living and how they're dating and then once they're done uh, you know what i'm opting out
3: it's because a lot of people put self first and once you're in a relationship as we both know you can't do that you know but i do i mean i do just want to clarify that just because we focus on this ideal of the best friend, romantic partner, or that we focus on having all of these boxes checked. I don't want that in any way to diminish the relationships of people before us, because that certainly was not the case. A lot of these people were deeply in love with their spouse, but simply more that people, I think, had a clear understanding of what they wanted out of a relationship. And I think I think they trusted their gut and their relationship more. I mean, now it's like every little tiny circumstance has to be just so in order for us to get married. Right. You know, I mean, but then I also think that's like one of the great challenges, joys, turning points, whatever you want to call it, in a relationship is when you realize that the boxes don't have to be checked for you to be with that person. Right. So –
4: as opposed to back then it was like can you work can you provide are we going to be able to eat i mean but those are like core which values, is values which remains true i think today but now there's all these other little things that come with it and falling in love is a western ideology yeah as we're eastern ideology when it comes to marriage it was that you would get married and then love would come later. Yeah, it's more and, of a business contract. Right. And now, you know, in Western, especially in some of these stories, and especially now in all say America, love has to come first before marriage. So yeah. It's very interesting how, you know, different parts of the world interpret how we're supposed to be with somebody.
3: Yeah. I just want to circle back to what you said about those core, those simple core values. I think that is why marriages used to last longer. Sure. Because... Again, people had a different approach to commitment, and they focused on the core values and focused on, you know, their partnership and the love they felt in their partnership.
4: You're absolutely right. I don't think people, you know, we got married for those core values, and you really didn't see divorce because I feel that, you know, when you got married, you, were some, you know, there was an understanding that you both were going to have to endure hard. And I feel like today, with our generation, you know, you're, it's marriages, you're supposed to provide good times.
3: Mm, that's an interesting way to put it.
4: Because, you know, we have so much more freedom and fun now that if you're not constantly providing good times, well, then heaven forbid you are bored or, you know, a little bit sad or depressed that, you know, you're not traveling or you know, experiencing the world. But, you know, in all reality, you know, if you're not looking at Instagram, if you're not looking at Facebook, if you're not looking at all of these, you know, social media and all these other influences, you'll realize that life is not like that. It is for some, but it's difficult to make that a reality, let alone without having other issues that tie along with it.
3: That's a good point, and I think that's something that became really apparent during the shutdown, I think. Unfortunately, a lot of relationships ended, but a lot of relationships got that much stronger. Um, And some of the folks we'll hear from today actually talk about that. so. So first up is a short clip from an interview with Granny Mary Cape. When you see a picture of her, she's just like, she seems like this very quiet conservative woman but once you start hearing her talk she's very chatty very um animated and she shares kind of a great introduction to courting or courtship which is what they called dating back then the way people dated and the relationships they had really aren't that much different than today they just did things differently so a lot of them dated in groups and their main dating activity was walking I mean they had to walk everywhere because they didn't have cars and that was a great opportunity to get some alone time with your sweetheart. So um, Mary Cabe's going to give you a quick introduction to marriage customs and courtship and her experiences with them.
0: Well, back in, you mentioned that. Was well, courting and all different it is today? I mean, like when the boys come to see you, they don't do like other day and jump in the car and take off and go to the show and stuff. How would they do it back in Oh, well. Would they come in
2: with everybody and sit and talk? Sit down and talk for a while. And get up and go home. They never stayed all night and went to shows and like to do now. Would they, or maybe would they go out and meet at church or something? Or yeah, like go to church. Go to a singing or something. Maybe go home with the boys. Go home with the girls. Maybe sometimes stay late at dinner. Sometimes just take her home and go on back. Mm-hmm. There wasn't no staying out and laying out
0: now like they is this. is just then done. What was the marriage customs? Well, I don't know much about that. Would well, the boys have to ask, uh, like when you got married, did he have to ask your yeah. daddy if it was alright? No, he
2: didn't ask him. As you can if you want to, it's alright anyhow. Lots <laughs> like of them just run over and know nothing about it. <laughs> 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 And not everybody got married in the church. No,
5: there hardly ever anybody got married in the church. Oh really? Did, would they go to a judge or something? Is that, or justice of the peace? Is that who you go to? Yeah, you get a justice of the peace to marry you. Yeah.
2: Marry anywhere, anybody's
0: house, anywhere you want to be. Well what about them shotgun weddings? <laughs> We've heard a lot about them. You too. Did you ever know of any? round and shotgun wedding. No, I never did know. I never
2: heard of them, but I never know. You no, know, but
0: parents. we've heard of them and all that, you know, but never did know for real where well, they really had them, where they had their guns with them to make them get married. Or... I don't know where they ever did or not. They might have
2: threatened them, but
0: then I don't guess they were not with guns, much. But... Well, what kind of gifts would they give you back then when you got
5: married? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh.
5: You, just, you had
2: to just make it on your own. You made it on your own, and then you started out. You're on
6: your own.
2: You make it or not. In other words, it was a big decision to get married. <laughs> you just made it.
0: Was to marry. to take care of yourself. How <laughs> <laughs> you have to be.
3: <laughs> so this clip from Bessie Underwood. It's pretty short, but one of my favorite points that she makes is about how people got married. Um, Ryan and I got married in September and uh, before we had to cancel our big wedding that we had spent months and months planning, um, you know, we were kind of drawn into the idea of having this very uh, performative ceremony that included, (laughs) yeah, that included spending a lot of money because weddings are insanely expensive now, which is just absurd. Yeah.
4: Yeah, spectacle
3: now. the average cost of a wedding in the, in the U.S. is thirty to forty thousand dollars, which is nowhere close to what Ryan and I were going to do. But still, it's it's insane. Like the base rental cost for a venue is eight grand. Yeah, so we actually ended up having just a really small family only ceremony, and that's because of COVID. But it ended up being perfect. And being perfect. Bessie, yeah, and Bessie and some of the other uh, folks that we'll hear from today they just went to the justice of the peace. A lot of times they didn't even change out of their work clothes. So the women would get married in their work dresses and the men would get married in their overalls and they would go to the justice of the peace's house, get married and come home. And then, you know, a couple days later they'd get their belongings together and go move into house somewhere. But, you know, people started completely. No, yeah. No honeymoon. That was, I mean, yeah. <laughs>
4: was going back to the home.
3: Yeah. I mean,
4: like, we again have these ideas of like traveling to Traveling to an exotic locale, going abroad, you know, yeah. some someplace with you know, white sand beaches, all
3: inclusive resort, waves, chocolates on the, on the pillow, the, you know, or
4: and, and that just you know, you're like, okay, we're married uh, back home, and then
3: next day I've got to do some gardening and uh, <laughs> some farming, yeah, and right back to work. You really realize how crazy things have gotten. In terms of weddings um, when you read about stuff like this and it really kind of boils it down to what's important in a marriage and that's being with your partner and formalizing that relationship so
2: could you tell us
7: a little bit about wedding and courting customs maybe about how you used to go out on dates if you went out and well we used to go out in a mule and buggy <laughs> <laughs> And uh, all the place we went then was to church. There was no picture show, not any kind of entertainment for young people at all. And we'd have parties, candy drawings, and uh, they'd uh, get in a straight line, the boys and the girls, you know, and they'd have two different boxes of stick candy. They mixed it up and uh, if, your partner didn't get a stick of candy like yours. They had to put it back. And uh, then the old time uh, syrup candy pulling. You'd boil this molasses, you know. We mm-hmm. made molasses then. And uh, you'd boil that and tell it to spin. You, you know, spin off a hair. That's what we called it then and then you would put butter and soda in that and beat it and then get it out and pull it. You had partners, and you'd pull that candy and uh, then you would put it. Th- back then, we didn't ha- even have wax paper. You had to put it on. with butter a big platter, and when you pulled it till it got real stiff, you would make it in a twist and uh, lay it down, and cut it. And that now, and the church, was all we had.
2: Y'all never didn't go from house to house and have dances or anything?
7: Well, sometimes it would, but not very often. And back then, I forgot what it was, uh, more or less like uh, square dancing but they'd uh, line up, you know, and it just danced back and forth that way. Uh, what about,
2: where did you usually get married at?
7: Most of the time, back then, you went to the Justice of the Peace's home and got married.
2: Is that where you got married? Yes. Did a lot of people get married in their own house?
7: Well, not too many. Most of the people went to the Justice of the Peace's home, you know, and got married. Yeah.
8: Was there anything like a honeymoon?
7: No. Not when I got married. <laughs> <laughs> That's been 50, 52 years ago. What did you do if you didn't have a honeymoon? Well, you, back then, usually, uh, they had their home already furnished and just married and went home.
3: Okay, well, here's another favorite of mine, uh, Lawton Brooks, with his wife, Florence. I think she chimes in there for a minute. Lawton uh, talks about <laughs> how he and Florence got married. And Florence was actually underage at the time, and so he was running around trying to find somebody who would believe that she was 18. Um, and I think they ended up getting married out of state. Yeah. It's a great story from Lawton. He's such a great storyteller and I always love hearing from him. So we hope you enjoy this one.
6: But well, we married in the hardest times in the world, though. Hardest times have ever been here, we married. How'd y'all it and stuff? Well... We went to see some of her, her, her brother, wife, and my stepmother was a kin somewhere or another. And we went, and my daddy wanted me to go with him and my stepmother over there to see him, which I didn't want to go at the time. But he didn't want to go without I went with him because it's 25 miles across the mountain we had to go with her. We went in the way. And so I decided then I'd go in and went over when I got over there then i run up on her. And they were having meeting down at a meeting house down there. That night about a mile or two above her. And uh, so I just sat around there and I kept looking at her. And I just thought they was going to meet. And I just thought to myself, well, I'm going to ask her for a date. She can't do a thing in the world. will say yes or no one. And I said, the thing doesn't make no difference to me, no way. I said, I'm going to ask her those nights. So, the day was, uh, went over down there right. to the meeting and I sat right in the back end of the church and I got out, just outside the door, standing on the stairs. Some old boy come up right in front of me and lit up person. I, I know he was waiting on one, but I didn't know which one he was waiting on. Well, when she come out, he asked her for a date and I hear her turn him down. I just thought, to myself, Oh gal, you're going to have to turn me down too. And so she come on out, and I asked her for a date, and I went on home with her. Yeah, I had a lot of fun.
2: Well, did you do a lot of the courting at church and stuff?
6: Well, going to the church and backwards and parts, and then uh, when they wasn't going to church, we'd go and see them anyway. <laughs> we'd just set out and court. In the wintertime, we'd get in the bedroom or in the kitchen or
2: somewhere like that and sit.
6: Set and talk to the old folks got to hollering bedtime on then we the week <laughs> hey yeah that's the way that's the way it went
8: before
2: but it. They, you, did you have much
6: trouble i mean did mom or daddy always want to stay in the room with you or something like no, that no 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 they didn't do it that way they just left have room we'd in the kitchen they'd always be in the front room we in the front room made in the kitchen so we always didn't really have it it's been what we could do our court.
3: In this interview, Margaret Norton sits down with a couple of teenage girls, and I love this interview because it's a real good one. you can just tell how great the connection is between the students and Margaret. Very to be to each other. Yeah, and it's, it's just...
4: Yeah, it's definitely... Um, there's, there's definitely a mutual connection there. They yeah. Really want to be talking to each other, and the, the, there's definitely like, excitement.
3: Yeah, I you think... Can feel it. I think in a lot of the other interviews, it's kids sitting down interviewing an older person, you know, and there's you can still feel the the generation gap. But I think in this, I think those high school girls can just really connect with what Margaret is telling them, because she's talking about what dating was like when she was a kid. Um, and She talks about, you know, having multiple boyfriends and going out on walks with her boyfriend. And you can just tell those girls know exactly what she's talking about and can really understand those feelings. And so, yeah,
1: those girls are
3: really yeah, not only is this an informative interview, but it's just, it's really fun to see that connection build.
5: Um, Ms. Morton, do you know anything about uh, the courting customs, you know, like when you were uh, dating and stuff? Is it any different from today? Yeah, it's a lot of different from today than it was when I was a girl. What was it like? Yeah. <laughs> Just like you three girls that start out walking, we didn't have cars to ride in. We walked many of the time to something that went on at Raven Gap School, cause that's where we all went to school, you see. And there wasn't any cars to ride in until, I believe there's one car on Betty's Creek, maybe two before I got married. And we walked to everything. What sort of things did you go to? We went to, uh, to square dances at the school and ball games. and and moving picture shows or, whatever, or anything they had, you know. They always had a, a week of commencement at the end of school, a whole week. It lasted a week every night. Each, each grade had some play they put on, all the grades. So they would what other way to do except walking. People just tired off and walk. Think that'd be fun? Were you allowed Uh to walk at night with your boyfriend? Uh huh. Yes. Yes. You didn't have to have no chaperone. You could go with him if your mom and dad didn't care. But you had a chaperone when you got to school. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Did Uh, Did you say square dance?
3: Uh huh.
5: Mister Richard used to. Every Saturday night, let the children have square dance because he said there wasn't nothing any better than good, clean, wholesome fun for young people. They didn't have any drinking or any bad doings or anything like that. They just played big green. Well, that's nice. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It's real nice. How long did they usually last? About two hours. From 10 o'clock, from about 8 o'clock to about 10. Mm-hmm. And then you got home by 11 o'clock, early enough bedtime. You'd walk from your house to school. Yes, still? yes. My house wasn't well up here then. It's down. It's farther on down the road. Uh-huh. See, so had a long walk. Uh huh. Yeah, we had a long walk. Oh, if you lived it down. it's, okay. yeah, it's all right. <laughs> they couples along. it wouldn't just be, be but two. Yeah. Everyone, everyone had their boyfriend. Maybe had your little brother and sister along the side of Because they had to go and they had to be looked there.
1: Mm-hmm. What other
5: kind of things? Did you go to church? Did, you, did like young couples go to church? Yes, uh-huh. yes, everybody went to church, both Sunday morning and Sunday night. They had then what they call the BYPU. They don't call it BYPU now, they call it a, a training union, so. but they called it the Baptist Young People's Union then,
1: yeah.
5: and everybody went to, to the Dillard Baptist Church. The like you. you suppose that's why a lot of people went to church. I guess it was so they could have a little outing with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Were you allowed to date on school nights? Yes. Like yes. Huh? That that kind of rule hadn't come into being because we always got our homework, and then we could we could uh, go to go somewhere, you know, if we if it was chaperoned at the place where we went. Did you have a curfew?
1: a set time to be in.
5: Yes, yes. Uh-huh. We're supposed to be in by 11 o'clock.
1: Well,
3: that's still pretty good.
5: Uh-huh, it is. Yes. It really is. Because we had to get up and, and work the morning before we went to school. Milk the cows and cook breakfast or clean up the house or whatever our job was. Uh, did your boyfriend come over to your house uh-huh. a lot? Yes. yes. He came over and eat with us. Made the dinner and supper both. Was Richard your boyfriend? Yes. Uh, Was he your only boyfriend? Oh, no. No, no. no. Uh, How long did you go out with Richard before you
3: got married? Four years. That's a nice one. Uh-huh. All right, this clip is from Selma Mosley, but we included Selma um, because she comes from the African-American community in Raven County, and she talks about meeting her husband, Bruce, who we featured actually last year in February's podcast. And it's just a sweet little story.
8: So you have to learn to trust. Yes.
3: You have
8: to learn to trust. Let them know that they can go out there and be young ladies and young men and come back that way.
4: Do you remember boyfriends or anything while you were in night school?
8: Oh, yeah, yeah. I dated. I dated and I courted. uh... I was popular among the boys. I mean, you
6: did know. you meet Bruce during
8: night school? I no, I met Bruce. Um, uh, well, I'd done quit school. I was working, and he was. Bruce was making his last year in his in service. He was in World War II, and he was at my hometown. I remember seeing him, in his army outfit. I remember seeing a soldier, but I didn't know him. And really, I didn't care that much about soldiers because yeah. I felt like soldiers didn't really care for one girl, you know. Yeah. They just kind of went from girl to girl, <laughs> you know, because they're in the service. Yeah. You know? So I remember seeing him, but I didn't pay him any attention. And uh, this was, I think, in 45. And he said he met a boy on the bus going back to the same camp uh from my hometown that he were in and he said he talked about me to this boy all the way and said this boy told him said bruce said he told the boy he said i'm going back and i'm gonna marry her and said the boy said to him if you can get her you will get your good wife and uh so he said he just made the conversation just kept Mm -hmm. talking this is what he told Mm -hmm. me afterward, you know so help me in 1946 when he come to canton he come he got somebody to show him where I live, and they brought him to me, and oh. of course we met. And uh, that kind of started it. Uh, from that, we started dating, and uh, I guess we dated for about eight months, and uh, they were married.
1: Did you, did,
7: what month was your marriage in? Do you remember? June, June, May. Did you have a. An,
2: the, um, gay, gay no, no, we home. didn't.
8: We didn't, honey. We just we had a very we just went out of town and had a short uh, to yeah. the uh, probation. We didn't have a wedding, you know. No. We just went and had a sh- uh, just got married. Yeah. Yeah. We went uh, from one city to the next and just went ahead and got married.
3: Okay, we're coming up to our last two interviews, and uh, this one's from LM and Mary Olive Keith. Um, And then right after that, we have O.S. and Oline Garland. And I love these two stories because both um, man and woman are in each of the interviews. And it's great to hear them kind of play off of each other. But you also can really tell how much love is still just thriving in these relationships. And these are people who were married for over 50 years by the time the students interview them. Yeah, you can
4: definitely tell that that relationship it's still incredibly strong and that we care for each other and they're still playing around they're still joking with each
3: other yeah these are definitely really heartwarming stories and uh, makes me hopeful that we'll get 50 plus years of marriage out of us so Absolutely.
2: so you just went in and got and just seen her once in a while so you thought she was pretty
1: <laughs> that was mostly the reason yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> and what did y'all think of each other when you first met <laughs> Chief, <laughs> that's been a long time ago. <laughs> uh,
1: you you direct all uh, these questions to her.
2: Yeah. No, you going to answer them dude. because, her
1: because she has a, a better answer for them than I do.
2: Oh, well, I thought he was real nice. That's the main thing. When I first and that was her mistake number one. Real nice looking. <laughs> and what did you think about her, Mr. Key?
5: <laughs> okay, this is going to be fun. I
1: thought everything of them. I thought everything
7: of
2: them. How old were y'all? I was, like 26, 25, 26. When did you, how long had you known each other when you realized that you wanted to start dating? A year and a half, I suppose. Um, what did
7: y'all do on your first date? I just didn't
1: get, dare to get near her. <laughs> just rode around, I guess.
7: What, what made you get the courage up to ask her out, Mr. Keith?
1: What made me what?
7: Get the courage.
1: Oh, I, I was just thought that she'd reject me, see? So I didn't make any advances to her. I, I just hold her hand or something, but that was all. <laughs> afraid of being rejected.
7: <laughs> what? Such a handsome fellow like you? Oh boy.
1: <laughs> she, she, I misled her, I think.
2: Why do you think that?
1: Well, took me some time. took me a year and a half to, to convince her that we ought to be married.
3: How did you propose to her? <laughs>
1: I didn't. You didn't? I never did propose to her.
2: Never
6: did. It's one yeah. of those
1: things where you just kind of take it for granted after a while, you know? No, I just began to tell her what we was going to do when we got married. <laughs> I didn't propose to her, I just told her.
9: Weren't made her want to date her, you say? mm mm-hmm. Well, I had one thing. She was a pretty girl back then. Well, she is now. <laughs> <laughs> I asked her about getting married, but she wanted to marry me. She laid her head over on my shoulder and said, oh, roll them pretty blue eyes up at me like a dying chai in the hail of and said, do you love me?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
9: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's coming. I met her at that screw, Clayton School. She went to school, and I walked up the road together, uh, Clayton to Mountain City. School, yeah. city yeah. I used to walk Three nights a week, near Mountain City. See her. She lived Mountain City, and I lived here. We go Sunday night, Wednesday night. They had to walk. Her mother, she didn't want us to go together, so we slipped around one together and got married. I wanted to ask her father, but I reckon she must have been scared of me. he would give me, give her to me. <laughs> she, she didn't want me to ask her. So we we were on the way. In Walhalla, South Carolina. She got married to that. Mm-hmm. Her mother, she mother, well, she liked me all right, but she used to, she said I had two rubs or something, alright that, wasn't it?
7: Mm-hmm.
9: And she mm-hmm. didn't want me to go with her. And, so and we,
7: you were, you drank.
9: Before. Yeah, I drank some back then. Mm-hmm. She, she actually got married. She we got married, and she, she, she thought the world. They were me. Boys. She was, I guess, what a kind of boy I was then, I guess. That well, was kind of real. I wouldn't want one of my girls. <laughs> I didn't blame her. I didn't get it. it wasn't long at her And she, she wasn't me after we got married. She she used to stay with us, stayed with us in old age. When she got married, it was one of the biggest happy memories. Uh, then when we had the first job, had and when we had all the rest of them too, but you know the first <laughs> time <laughs> we had nine. <laughs> I guess that was especially exciting for
2: the
9: very very first time, You know, you know everybody most always is.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of advice
9: would you give to young people who are considering marriage and who are what kind of advice I'd give them? Mm-hmm. Well, I'd try to find them, to find a nice young man or a nice young girl. Reading so many voices now, they admire too quick. They don't know whether they love each other, right.
2: not. So, what do you think? What do you contribute your long successful
9: marriage to? I right. think biggest thing, cause we love each
3: other. Well, we hope you all enjoyed this podcast. If you like what you hear, just go ahead and click that subscribe button. That helps bring us to the attention of other listeners, and uh, will just directly show your support to our program, and will help us continue our mission. As always, we have our transcripts and some photographs posted over at our website. That's www.foxfire.org. Definitely recommend you check that out. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Please go back and listen through uh, the last two seasons. We've definitely got some great content in there for you as well. We will be back in March with a special uh, mini-series featuring stories from women in Appalachia, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, and yeah, happy Valentine's Day, enjoy February. And remember that even though we are in isolation, there's still ways to connect with people. Reach out to people that you love, share a podcast with them, share a song with them, send them a card. And if you feel like sharing your own story with us, reach out to us at itstilllivesatfoxfire.org. at foxfire.org. Send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for joining me today, Ryan. Pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Hello, hello, hello.
1: If you don't like that, you can throw it away. I like it.